It is time to turn the page on week one of the 2023 NFL season and start Dolphins prep for the New England Patriots. The Dolphins visiting Foxborough on Sunday Night Football are beginning stages of introducing this year's New England team and everything you need to know, plus some big picture thoughts here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Special tip of the cap to our everydayers who do keep it locked in because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics for over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. We are prepping the Pats Sunday night football. Divisional rivalry to a tongue of Aloha. 4-0 in his career against Bill Belichick. Much has been made about that. Of course, the last time these two teams played, it was week 17 of last year, and the Dolphins took a skeleton crew to Foxborough, and we're in a position to win the football game until things unraveled with backup quarterback play and an interception in the second half, and then Miami gives up a big third down, kind of a critical component of the game that helps break the game open, and, and Miami loses the football game to fall to eight and eight on the season, putting them in a do or die situation against the Jets in week 18. Of course, the Dolphins did. They won that football game. But this year's New England team is a little different. There's some key changes with what New England is and what New England is not. Uh, You can't tell the story of the New England Patriots without acknowledging head coach Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, despite what Tom Curran from NBC Boston would have you think uh, not all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> I don't know if you saw uh, his cameo on a Dolphins podcast this week, but uh, some nonsense uh, spit about the Dolphins and the Patriots from that party there that I won't bore you with. But I will give you the rundown of what the Patriots did against the Philadelphia Eagles in week one. We have to talk about their week one performance. But let's talk about who the key pieces are for this football team. Of course, you have Mac Jones. You have Ramondre Stevenson, who I was super high on in the pre-draft process. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who the team brought in. Uh, Mike Gusecki, a familiar face at tight end. Offensively, that those are most of the starring players. Now, you, you have Demario Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker, who didn't dress. Uh, for week one, and Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne got the most targets with 11 targets. But what stood out to me about looking at the personnel is at least for week one, this was not the Patriots' uh, offensive line that you are used to uh, seeing. If you just look at it from a... uh, Offensive line perspective, New England's strength has always been what they have up front, and they've been dealing with some injuries. If Trent Brown at left tackle, he wasn't good in either of the two games against the Dolphins last year. 
Their starting right tackle right now is Calvin Anderson. Calvin Anderson, uh, kind of a, a journeyman offensive tackle. Riley Reef, they signed uh, in the offseason to be the right tackle. He was on IR before this season started. It's not good. They started two rookie guards in City Sal and Antonio Maffi. And uh, Michael and Wenyu and Cole Strange were the projected starters. They were both dealing with offseason injuries. Uh, Cole Strange suffered a knee injury against or, or during training camp. And Michael and Wenyu had offseason ankle surgery. And they were both declared inactive for the game in week one, which put the Patriots in position against the Philadelphia Eagles to start two rookie guards. So you have a career journeyman tackle in Calvin Anderson, and then you had City Sal and you had Antonio Maffi as your starting guard. So that's three-fifths of your starting offensive line. And it showed. Uh, Mac Jones threw the football in week one a grand total of 54 times. More than half of those, I'll repeat, more than half of the 54 pass attempts for Mac Jones in week one were within five yards of the line of scrimmage. 16 of them were behind the line of scrimmage. So that paints a picture. We'll, we'll talk more about the week one performance in the game specifically against Philadelphia, what that can tell us about New England for week two. But for all the talk of Bill O'Brien, for all the talk of, of the changes, they struggled to run the ball because the offensive line was really banged up. And I, I think as we begin to transition from the state of mind you had against the Chargers to the state of mind you're going to have against the Patriots, I think that the matchups here dictate this is probably going to be a pretty dramatically different uh, defensive scheme and plan. Now, you know exactly what you're going to get on the other side of the ball because it's pass rushers, Matthew Judon and Josh Uche. They got a, a rookie out of Georgia Tech, Keon Smith, who or Keon White, excuse me, who is a ultimate freak athlete. Pretty raw, but uh, capable of creating some chaos. I, th I think he'll be a, a firm test for Austin Jackson's anchor in week two. The secondary, banged up. Jack Jones out, uh, dealing with a hamstring issue. He's supposed to be. That, that was a player they were really excited about. So you've got uh, Christian Gonzalez, a rookie corner. You've got Kyle Duggar in the secondary as a safety that is a defensive weapon that moves all around. And then you've got a couple of really physical downhill linebackers, and they've got depth at safety that if they want to go three, three plus safeties on the field, they can. When you contrast that to New England, I think the big, or to, to the Chargers, I think the big difference in personnel is in the middle of the defense with Christian Barmore. I think he's a far better player than anybody the Chargers had on their depth chart on the interior. I would not go as far as to say the pass rush duo of Judon and Uche is quite on the same tier as Mac and Bosa from a talent level. Uh, I would say Josh Uche is more explosive than either of the two guys that the Dolphins played uh, as the two primary pass rushers for the Chargers. The Patriots have nowhere near the athleticism on the second level unless they're going to go with the, with, the, with the heavy safety looks. And if that's the case, they're going to be in smaller personnel groupings, big nickel, uh, potentially dime, big dime with a couple of like four safeties on the field. Like they've done that in the past. Would not put that past New England as they try to uh, defend the spacing issues the Dolphins are going to provide. But at the cornerback position for New England, 
You've got two rookies in Amir Speed and Christian Gonzalez. You've got Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, Marcus Jones, Sean Wade, and then Jalen Mills as a safety who's played corner in the past. It's going to be fascinating to see what they try to do uh, in order to defend. Obviously, Tyreek Hill had a monster first performance. Jalen Waddle was relatively quiet versus his own standards. I would expect you'll continue to see more of Jalen Waddle in games to come. But that's the matchup. Belichick and his defensive mind with a secondary that it's going to hurt to not have Jack Jones. And the versatility of the safeties, how do you implement them? And how do you combat with the middle of your field and the linebackers that you have? So that's a really, really fun uh, storyline here that we'll talk with Mike debate of Lockdown Patriots about when we do our crossover series uh, tomorrow. We're going to talk about the week one performance against the Eagles. I've been checking the tape on that to kind of explore what has stood out. That is next here on this episode of Lockdown Dolphins. Before we go any further on the show, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks of each and every week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, each week we are providing winners that are a guaranteed fit for your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us this week with our eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. They gave us a couple options, and for my money, if I'm looking for a sweet matchup to exploit the big game, at wide receiver, I'm looking at Mike Williams. Williams was quiet, got bumped by Jerome Baker in that run-heavy offensive performance for the Chargers against these Dolphins in Week 1. But he draws a beautiful spot against a Titan secondary, which has struggled to handle any of the Saints receivers down the field, including Chris Olave and Rashid Saeed. Look for Justin Herbert to hit on at least one big scoring play to Mike Williams after getting away from Vic Fangio's defense. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each and every player being a perfect fit. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it with eBay's guaranteed fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. So I've been working my way through the, the film of the week one performance for the New England Patriots offensively. And I've been dropping some of these in the Locked on Dolphins subtext. Uh, community chat that exists. Some of these film clips with some of my thoughts and observations. It's down here on the bottom ticker. If you're on YouTube, there's a, a link uh, in the show description. If you're interested and want to sign up and you're not on YouTube, but you could text dolphins to 305-419-3924. Get the first two weeks free. Text line directly with me. Get access to the group chat and the group channel as well. Uh, try to give you guys some visual aids, some uh, notes and projects that we do behind the scenes here for the show. Uh, so it's been a really cool experience to kind of get into the swing of this season with that community. That's uh, text office at 305-419-3924, or there is a join link in the show description. First two weeks free, a couple bucks a month if you like it. If not, cancel in those first two weeks, no problem. Uh, but in watching the New England Patriots attempt to come from behind against the Philadelphia Eagles, because this, this game script was a tough one. 
for New England. Mac Jones throws a pick six early in the game. Um, they are behind by multiple scores within the first what, 10 minutes of the football game. And they, they eventually scratched their way back. They double dipped at the end of the first half. And then it kind of became a slog. Uh, Philadelphia went from up 16 nothing with two and a half minutes left in the first quarter to 16-14 at halftime because the Patriots scored two touchdowns in four minutes, in the final four minutes of the second or the first half. And how New England got this done was a lot of the things, ironically enough, that we thought we were going to see be the offensive game plan uh, for the Miami Dolphins against the Chargers. Uh, not what the game plan actually was, but we, we thought it was. Schemed throws. Get the ball out of your hand. Screens. Perimeter throws with quick timing. Tight end screens. Running back screens. All of these innocent, I don't want to say dinks and dunks, but like like finding positive gains because they could not run the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. And if the Patriots are going to be down their two guards and they're going to be starting these two rookies at guard again, it is a massive win for the Dolphins. Now, I ultimately think at the end of the day, you're going to see a different defensive structure. Uh, Sean decides the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he is a very prominent personality off of the Vic Fangio coaching tree. There's a lot of parallels. And the Eagles ran a lot of cover nine. Cover nine in this Fangio system is weak safety rotation variation of cover three. And what that means is you are playing cover three. The safeties rotate. You're getting the extra hat in the box. You're getting the seventh hat in the box from a safety to be able to help support the run. And you saw Philadelphia have a lot of success with that coverage and with that ability to space the field. Now, they, the New England Patriots took some shots down the field with Kendrick Bourne attempting to work down the field and uh, take the top off the defense. Darius Slay made one incredible adjustment on a very good route from Kendrick Bourne vertically down the field. So it is something you have to be mindful of is you have to play with the appropriate level of cushion. And if you're going to live in that world, make sure you're getting the matchups that you want. As far as selecting who's playing on what side, if you want a guy that can run, if you want a guy with ball hawking skills, I ultimately think Xavier Howard uh, can tr I'll say this, and it's with all due respect to Darius Slay because he's top five corner in football. If Xavier Howard was tracking the ball like Willie Mays in center field the way that Darius Slay had to in the football game to make the adjustment and break up the pass, Xavier Howard would intercept it because Xavier Howard made that interception in the Bill uh, in the Bills game in the playoff game last year. So that paints a picture of what that play looked like, and it converts to go get the ball with the ball in the air. But I love the fact that prepping for the Dolphins game and the Patriots game, even if these guards come back for New England, it'll be their first game action. We don't think there's a chance this team, those two guys might be a little rusty. First game action back. So I feel like it's a, it's it's a, going to be a matchup advantage for the Dolphins either way. Either these guys are coming back from missing time and weaning their way back in from getting up to speed from off-season injuries as a couple of young players, and they're both good players. On Wayne U, I think, is a better player. 
they're both good players and they'll be they would be significant upgrades over City Sal and uh, Antonio Maffi. But that doesn't mean there won't be some negative plays if they are rusty. So as I process the impact of the offensive line and like that you're not going to have a life preserver for Calvin Anderson. And that's going to be Jalen Phillips's assignment because that's the right tackle. And that's the world that Miami has lived in. Now, I think Bradley Chubb, I actually think he's got a really favorable uh, matchup against Trent Brown. I know it's it's everybody's most popular thing right now is to lament because we, we just have to find something that we're frustrated with. Everybody's frustrated with Bradley Chubb's lack of pass rush productivity in spite of the fact that the, the, the team pass rush productivity went up 16% after he was on the roster last year. And he drew Rayshon Slater as an all-pro offensive tackle and we won. I like Bradley Chubb's matchup quite a bit based off of the week one performance of what Trent Brown looked like, understanding what Trent Brown looked like last year when the Dolphins played him and he was not Jalen and Bradley Chubb was not a piece of the puzzle. So I really feel like as challenging as the Chargers game was for stopping the run and for the reputation the Patriots have, it is not a one for one for what it looked like in week one against the Eagles. The Patriots had to go about their business in a very different way. Now, case in point, Mac Jones, 35 of 54 for 316, three touchdowns and an interception. The interception ran back for a touchdown, two sacks taken. Ramondre Stevenson, 12 rushes for 25 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, seven rushes for 29 yards. Mac Jones, two rushes for 15 yards, and Ty Montgomery, one rush for seven yards. In total, the Patriots ran 22 times for 76 yards. I'm not a math guy, but I know that's um, that average is not particularly good. And you acknowledge that you're, you're missing starters up front for New England. At least one of them is going to miss the game in Riley Reef. That's a storyline to watch. Which of the other two uh, are also in danger? which of those guards are, are in danger because I'll tell you what, Christian Wilkins might not have lit up the stat sheet in week one, but he was active. And I think the message, I think the proof of concept of what Vic Fangio's defense it, it is attempting to be, um, to see on film what happens if it's not played right. Plus, I think the structural changes that are coming, I think sets the table for Miami to play a little bit of a different flavor and have a little bit more body support in the box. And I think there's some matchups the Dolphins can take advantage of. When we look at the AFC landscape, speaking of the Patriots, obviously we have not committed any time uh, to the Aaron Rodgers injury that occurred on Monday Night Football, him tearing, of course, his left Achilles and ending his season uh, for the New York Jets just after a few plays of its start and how that turns this AFC landscape on its head. I want to talk about that uh, and leave the rest of the Patriots conversation with our Locked On uh, crossover Thursday episode with Mike DeBeta, Locked On Patriots, which you can look forward to tomorrow. So we're talking ASC landscape here next on Locked On Dolphins. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind that you are not just hoping that you will have access to the medication you need, in an emergency, Jace Medical, make sure you have all of the medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. 
Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off using code LOCKEDON at checkout with jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E, medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. As we turn the page to week two of the NFL season, make sure you're getting in on some of this action with Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's not you against others, it's you against the numbers. You pick more or less on two to six player stats with projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions as well that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday where Price Picks discounts additional player projections up to 25% to provide even more value as you try to hit big with your picks. Price Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So this was interesting to me. All of the talk about the AFC, and and I'm going to readily acknowledge, and I'll say right now, it's 117th of the season, technically 118th of the season. Everybody's played one game, right? It's still very early. But in an AFC field that is projected to be as hotly contested as the AFC is this year, Every advantage or disadvantage that you can find on a weekly basis is valuable. For example, the Dolphins now have a head-to-head win against the Los Angeles Chargers. They are a game and a half in front of the Chargers, who I think are going to be a double-digit win football team at the end of the year. That's a great place to be. The Dolphins are tied for first place with the Aaron Rodgers-less Jets in the AFC. Also, not a bad place to be. But as I look across the AFC landscape right now, how many win? How many teams in the AFC do you think have a win? All the talk about how good the conference is. The conference has six wins right now, the entire conference. And they won't get another one on Thursday night because it's Eagles and, and Vikings. So the conference had a losing record in week one. Miami's one of six teams with a win. And it's the Dolphins' responsibility to be focused on the New England Patriots in its entirety, and you should respect your opponent. And you should approach every week of game prep exactly the same. And you've heard that messaging from the team. And you feel like last year you had a young team and some of that bitch in the rear end a little bit. So hopefully the lesson was learned. And hopefully they take just as much offense to the Week 17 loss to the Patriots as they did the Week 14 loss to the Chargers. I hope they do. They should. And they should respect the Patriots. But I'm not on the team. So I can look from a 30,000-foot view while acknowledging the team needs to be focused on New England. The six teams in the AFC with a win are the Browns, which came over the Bengals, the Ravens, which came over the Texans, the Jaguars, which came over the Colts, uh, the Jets over the Bills, the Dolphins over the Chargers, and the Raiders came over the Denver Broncos. Here's where things get really interesting. You tell me if it's an unrealistic world to live in, where if the Dolphins beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, they might be the only undefeated team left in the AFC by the end of week two. (laughs) 
because the Browns played the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Steelers looked horrible in week one against the 49ers. Well, Pittsburgh hasn't lost on Monday Night Football at home since 1991. It's an interesting fact. Rivalry game. Pittsburgh's historically had a ton of success. Not outside the realm of possibility. How about the Baltimore Ravens? Well, they play in Cincinnati against the Bengals, trying to bounce back from the Bengals' loss in week one. Cincinnati at home. Home opener. I like the Bengals' chances of bouncing back. The Ravens have a bunch of bodies banged up right now, including Marcus Williams. He's going to miss extended time with a torn peck. J.K. Dobbins, torn Achilles. It's a bummer. Injuries are everywhere across this league. The Jaguars, Jaguars, excuse me, host the Kansas City Chiefs, who are getting Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones back and have an extra three days of rest. You tell me whose odds you like in that game. The Jets go to Dallas with Zach Wilson, at quarterback, to play the Cowboys. Not great. And the Raiders have to go to Buffalo to play the Bills. So, you tell me. Dolphins take care of their business. What do you think the likelihood is that they might be the only team in the conference at 2-0 by midnight on Monday morning? It's reasonably, it's a reasonable path. And remember, this is a race. It's a race to probably 11 wins. And the Aaron Rodgers injury changes the expectations for the Jets game. And I respect the Jets because they went out and beat the Bills. Despite being down 10 points at halftime. And Aaron Rodgers went out in the first five plays. That's a good team. It's still going to be a good team. But it changes the expectation when Aaron Rod- you go from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. The Dolphins have already stolen a game that I was skeptical that they would win based off the body of work of last year. And I had them as an 11-win team before the season started. But the first hurdle to clear is double-digit wins. And if you're at two before everybody else in what is one of two tough stretches on your schedule, the first four weeks and the last five weeks, you're going to be positioning yourself very favorably for the big picture. So it's just, it's just worth watching. It's worth having in the back of your mind because you're a fan. If you're on the team, you can't play this game. But I'd be willing to bet the vast majority of those of you who are watching or listening to the show aren't on the team. Because you, if you are, you probably don't care what I have to say anyway. I'm just trying my best to bridge the gap. And then Miami comes home the following week and plays the Broncos for their home opener. And that's where I think you you can really start to set a tone for this season if you start the year 3-0. and I think one thing that's interesting is the Dolphins have come out and they've shown we can run our core principles, but we're going to do it in a way that that is different and, and solves the riddles of, of what teams presented us with last year, at least to start. I think about last year, the Dolphins hummed offensively. This, In spite of how much it felt like they didn't hum against New England in week one, relative to the majority of the league and relative to New England, they performed pretty well. You do that again, and if you are able to sustain the core of the team, I'm looking at the wide receivers and the quarterback, through 
the first month of the season and into October and you get to November and there's no interruption in the availability of those critical components, how you are going to be able to stack and stay ahead of the adjustments that are happening instead of we're going to get off to a really good start. We have to hit pause for three weeks and then we're going to unpause, go back to square one and try and stack it all together again. It's critical. It's really important. And if you can get to uh, a favorable record and get out in front of the conference and be outpacing this, and, and it like we just went through it, it's it's very realistic that the Dolphins this week, if they win their football game, will be the only undefeated team in the AFC. What happens if you get through New England? Okay, then you've got home opener against the Broncos, who lost to the Raiders in week one. There'll be unique challenges there, just like there were unique challenges against the Chargers, just like there'll be unique challenges against the, the Patriots. Then you have another divisional game. And remember, our, our set and declared hope and expectation for the division at the beginning of the season when we did our final record prediction was four wins in the division. You have a chance the next three weeks to collect two, get halfway there, and you haven't played the Jets with Zach Wilson once yet. So you start doing the math. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to, at least on one segment throughout the course of the week on any given week, going to zoom out because I think it's helpful to, to keep the perspective of everything that's happening across the league. And for what we want this football team to be, there is a pristine opportunity that the Dolphins need to be ready to seize the moment on, on Sunday night. You should be prepared to win every game. They don't need the motivation of the exterior noise and the big picture stuff that we talk about. But nevertheless, you understand the magnitude of what's at stake. And then you also understand, as this unplays, what kind of room and margin for error you have to build yourself throughout the race to double digits as the first hurdle of what we want to accomplish for what we want this team to be. Be fun to watch. We have Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots coming up a little later. Should come out late tonight on Wednesday for our Thursday episode of Locked on Dolphins. So keep it locked in with us here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Fins up. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Talk to you all again soon. Peace.